Welcome to the Are We Still Here podcast, where we talk about what really matters for you and your own health and fitness. I'm Jess. And I'm Sasha. And each week we'll come to you with a no-nonsense topic, which will make you challenge your own thoughts and ask, are we still here? Don't forget to like, share and subscribe if you're enjoying the podcast. And let's get to today's pod. Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome, episode 58. Um, I can hear Luna. She's driving me mad. Like, I've just tried to mute her then, but I did. I was very unsuccessful. I don't she, know sa- she-, <clears throat> she sounds like a small child today. She is a small child, that's why. She's, dri- she's driving me a bit by me. Because <laughs> Matt's away, so she's just... Oh, she's gone upstairs now. Yeah, go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> Does she have her own room? No, 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 not really. That would be just- she has several. She's got that ridiculous, uh, like, um, like Scandi-looking cat tree in the living room. Oh That's yeah, I, know. I, remember, I remember you showed me it above mm. that coffee table. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Princess Luna. <laughs> um, today, today we're going to chat about mistakes. And again, I don't want to go down that really popular kind of. I don't know. Not. I, it's not egotistical but you know when the trend at the minute is like bashing everything and like stitching videos like making fun of everything in the fitness industry and I don't want it to be that I want it to be these are a few mistakes that I think the fitness industry have perpetuated and everyone kind of went along with it and they're still lingering like a bad smell (laughs) yeah the bad (laughs) smell is a great great metaphor for how they've stuck around isn't it yeah, mm. and it's like, mm. and again, it's not like the, industry, the fitness industry is terrible. It's just shit. It's all this. It's just like, no, these are things that I hear. Oh God, on a day to day basis. So it's like, and it's stuff we've probably spoken about before, but it's probably a good reason to speak about it again because it keeps coming up. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think we've spoken. We've not done it before. You like switch off and like, what are you talking about the same thing? No, we've we've probably covered <clears throat> little bits of each of these topics across many podcasts um but today we wanted to go into a little bit more depth and detail because just like anything as soon as you are more aware of certain things like we mentioned on last week's podcast if you didn't get to listen to that which was about like the competence scale like yeah competence and uh yeah yeah so we're talking about that like basically building your awareness is ultimately what allows you to understand better make better informed choices Mm -hmm. and raise your rate what's Craig always say raise your awareness so you can increase upgrade your intention upgrade your intention yeah Yeah. which is which is exactly that like you need to go into it to be able to go oh the fact I'm learning all about this is helpful because it makes me have better direction with my health and fitness yeah I've got more purpose to what I'm doing this makes more sense yeah um, and Sasha's covered a couple of different topics that have come up recently so she's jotted a few of them down so we're going to go through them yeah. today um and I think you will agree they are all definitely worth talking about absolutely and I just think the more like I think the reason I get less stressed about the contradictory information out there is because when you understand something and then someone says something that is like, you know, like a, a bold statement about this is this or whatever, when you understand stuff, 
it makes it so much easier to ignore it because I'm like Mm -hmm. whatever yeah but understanding something genuinely like getting into a topic pulling it apart putting it back together in a way that makes sense to you is not easy but the more you do that the more these issues will disappear you know people say oh you know well this person said this and this person said this or well I was doing this and I heard this it's like yeah but when you understand the concept and when you understand what we know it makes it so easy to just be like you know like people I'll just use the keto one because it's so it's so popular like people bashing it that that content does not phase me because it's like I would never think oh maybe maybe keto is 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 a good idea because I understand it so when I see it I'm just like yeah whatever it yeah, it's just, it's just noise it's just it's noise just... and you just turn it down mm-hmm. um so I just think getting people to try to understand something really really well is probably the best thing we can do on this podcast because like I tell you what if you explained something to a person it's very easy to just not listen to that stuff yeah and because like you say there's so much misinformation out there so our job is to almost clear the waters a little bit Mm -hmm. um, and help people make their own decisions because I've said this before you might then say well how do I know what your you guys are saying isn't Mm -hmm. isn't um false information either well, that's for you to take this information on board and then also go and build up your own picture with it. Absolutely. But realize that Sasha and I aren't trying to sell you something out of this. Yeah. We're no. not trying to sell you no. a keto diet. <laughs> we're not trying to sell, even when we're having these conversations and talking about um, maybe diets or anything, we're not trying to sell you onto ours at the end of it. Mm-hmm. We don't have a diet, we don't have something to sell you. So our incentive is to try and give you the bigger picture. Exactly. And you have to remember that like everything like we were just saying about <laughs> about beliefs. And I just think it's so interesting. Like we are beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we are. Our life is basically based around what we believe. Right. When it comes to, to anything. And but the minute you question a belief, you no longer believe it. And I heard this reference. I can't, was it Jimmy Carr? Can't bloody remember who it was. But he was saying that because um, he was religious and, uh, and now he's not. And he was saying that the reason if you ask a religious person, like, oh, how do you know God exists? They say, oh, I just know. I just know. Because you don't question stuff. The the minute you question it, you no longer definitely, definitely believe it. So, you know, these people that say, no, um, uh, I I need to lose weight. Oh, no, I, I need to do this. You know, I'm go- I'm following this diet. It's the best thing to do for me. It's like the minute a, a, a teeny bit of doubt comes in, that's it. Mm-hmm. Because doubt creates, no, questioning beliefs creates doubt, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's how you come out of anything. So when I used mm-hmm. to think that powerlifting was the, everyone should just do be a powerlifter. Ah! And I was like, no, this is it, this is it. But then the minute, a minute, a teeny bit of doubt came into my head, I couldn't, I couldn't unsee it. And it was there and it was just making its way through my brain. Um, so it's important to know that if you do have these beliefs that we're going to talk about, like maybe question it. And that's why we called this podcast what it is. Mm-hmm. The Are We Still Here podcast. But we also, if you go into our little bio at the start as well, Sasha and I love the quote from the Frill song, which is like, the truth will set you, set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Yeah. And it is annoying. Is yeah. It's annoying. It's annoying as hell, but it's also, 
I guess empowering or yeah. whatever you want to cause that call that sort of yeah. feeling where you you're growing you're moving forward mm-hmm. and you feel like the blink like uh, the blinkers come off basically absolutely and the reason it's annoying is because some people have spent their whole life dedicated towards something mm. that's why it's annoying because you think oh for god's sake <laughs> yeah. I always thought this and now it says have I been yeah. wasting my time it's like that's why it's annoying and it is annoying and there's so many things that come into that as well, where it's like where you do something for so long and then you don't want to not do it anymore because it's part of your identity. Yeah. Maybe you've got friendships tied up in that or relationships yeah. tied up Absolutely. in that. Absolutely. A job tied up in it. Yeah. And it, it, there's so many different things that come into it that make it difficult to pull yourself away, yeah. which is why I'm a massive believer that you shouldn't let one thing just create your identity. Like I love, I'm passionate about, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Fitness. <laughs> I'm yeah. so passionate about it, but I also think I need you. You need other things going on in your life. Yeah. That you because God forbid, if anything happened one day, and yeah, I either decide I don't think I would, but I decided I'm not doing this anymore. I'm never yeah. gonna. I'm not doing it. Yeah. It's not and then suddenly happen. your but, personality is gone. Yeah. And the same as if, like I said to you before, like what if you were poorly or something happened yeah. where you couldn't do what you used to do? You've got to be aware of that. But anyway, let's get on to some of the topics of some of the things that the fitness industry has given us mm-hmm. that have left that lingering smell in the air, even <laughs> though some people might be aware of its damage. Yeah. Or we say that we are, but we still tap into it. Yeah. And I'd say the this isn't the first one I said, Jess, but I think we should talk about calories burned during exercise because we have spoken about it before on the pod, but it's still ingrained, mm-hmm. ingrained and... Um, Andreas is a, a client of mine and uh, we both weirdly we both bought this book on the same day which is is he the guy who wrote exercise no so oh, no. Herman Herman Ponser is the guy who wrote exercise which is Daniel Lieberman was Herman Ponser's um uh PhD uh what they call like that? yeah I know he mean like yeah um, so he what basically he and yeah. in exercise they talk about this tribe and in the book they talk about this tribe um, and I've just put my bookmark in a bit that I thought would be helpful for this topic. But um, calories burned during exercise. Oh God, where do, you, where do I even start? Jess, where do I start? <laughs> well, I just, I, I did a little mini post on this the other day. And there's, there's two parts to it, which is part one, the mindset around it, which is why it's detrimental and it's not helpful. Yeah. And part two, which is the actual science behind it, which is incorrect. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to start. I think a good way to start would be a thought. So we have a thought. We feel a certain way about that thought. And then we behave in a certain way because of that, the feeling and because of the thought. So I'm going to use a conversation I had yesterday with a client because it's, it's ideal for this. So this client I've had for many, many, many years. Um, she is in a position like you know Jess we've spoke about before losing weight for a holiday is just a bit like oh but but if you are in a good mindset and if you've been training for a long time and you understand it and you know that it's not necessarily sustainable and you're more than happy to go back to where you are fine yeah do whatever whatever you want so she said to me she's um she said oh I'm going on holiday in six weeks and I feel fine I know I look I know I look fine but I think um I think I'm just gonna tidy things up a bit I was like fine if you want to you know I've been training for that many years I trust 
that there's nothing nothing bad's going to come of it and there's no obsessive behaviors around it and so I was like yeah fine she goes so um she goes so you know what 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 should we do what do you think is the best way and then so she asked me that and then I didn't answer straight away. And then she said, so what I'm thinking of is, is I'll run, blah, blah, blah. I'll, I'll, I'll do an extra gym session. So the first thing she thought of when it was fat loss was output. output. Mm-hmm. And I let her go. You know, she was saying blah, 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 blah. And um, I said, what's the one thing that um, influences body weight the most for someone who doesn't have any underlying conditions um someone whose genetics don't affect it for you or I yeah she goes food yeah and I said yeah and she goes right and then I said so if it's six weeks and you just want to tidy your you know everything up a bit I said what do you think needs to be managed the most and she said food and I said yeah but what what about food think about what affects it and she said appetite and I said yes so I was trying to get her to tell me because I knew deep that down. She, yeah, mm-hmm. I knew deep down she knew, but I was trying to get her to tell me. So I was just giving her a little bit of, you know, tips mm-hmm. just to get there. But she got there in the end. And I said, appetite. And I said, she said, yes. And I said, okay, so what affects your appetite? And she said, stress. I said, yeah. Lack of sleep. Yeah, mm-hmm. she said lack of sleep. I said, yeah. she's very, to be fair, that's never been an issue. She's mm-hmm. literally like... <sighs> dead to the world so we, I said well, let's forget about that because it's one thing we just don't have to worry about and then she said um so stress sleep yep she is a little stressed at the minute um but nothing I think that would affect that just kind of like unfortunately mm-hmm. the ongoing and then she said um and I said <laughs> I was literally like come on what and yeah she said, she said oh like a strenuous exercise and I said Mm. I said what do you not want to do too much because what if you go and do two extra gym sessions and you're already doing and then you go run it what, what what's going to happen she goes I'm going to mm-hmm. get hungrier yeah and I said, yeah and I said what's really really hard to do and she said not eat when you're hungry I said yes <laughs> exactly so she got there in the end mm-hmm. and I think one thing that we forget is that too much not too much m- lots of strenuous exercise creates you creates hunger for a reason it's not because we've got no willpower or because it's because you you need to replenish remember our bodies aren't thinking fat loss our bodies are thinking replenish 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 oh I've lost that like Mm -hmm. thirst I've I've sweated I need I'm creating thirst so I can so I'm going to drink water Mm -hmm. It's, it's literally the same um so quickly we got to because like I said she's quite experienced we got to the point where I was like your exercise is fine keep it the same if you want to walk a little bit more fine but I said keep it the same think about what you're eating think about if there's anything that's a bit unnecessary basically she said fine that's it that's it yeah because the more you do the more hungry you're going to be think about the time Mm -hmm. when you've exercised the most in your life I was thinking about Saudi six days a week strenuous mm. I was probably eating 3,000 calories a day why because I was starving and exhausted yeah I would do an hour of horrible exercise whatever and then people oh you must have burnt uh oh I must have burnt 350 calories Whoa, that's so good yeah you know what I did for the rest of the day because I was exhausted sat down and ate 
Mm-hmm. You know how, how easy it is to eat 350 calories? I think I could, I think I could breathe in. <laughs> I could inhale. Yeah. So yeah. That's the thing. We, we severely, severely overestimate what we burn through exercise and we severely underestimate what we consume. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Any thoughts? No, it, it's, uh, I went for a run on Monday with mm-hmm. my friend and we were talking about this, how it's that time of year where you see everybody mm-hmm. increase their exercise like they'll be talking about doing two gym sessions a day on social media. They'll be talking about doing fasted cardio. They'll be talking, I know, I roll, um, doing all these different types of things and not seeing the consequence of the action. And and it might not be immediate, don't get me wrong. For some people, they might not need or might um, have more resistance mm-hmm. to those things that we just spoke about. like Absolutely. The appetite getting ramped up or uh, the fatigue. They might be in a position where either they're so, they've normalized fatigue so much that they don't know what it feels like yeah, to absolutely. be burning out. Or they, um, they almost have maybe been through the dieting process or they've done that before where their tolerance for it is higher than somebody who hasn't potentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's some people that are like, this is what you've just got to do. But what's interesting is actually when you get those people in a bit of an experiment or a study and you have their exercise, so you, yeah. you stop them doing two gym sessions a day mm-hmm. or you reduce it and you add an extra rest day in and you give them a better night's sleep or a better recovery, guess what happens with the results from that those days where they're doing two days a week and all that stuff, be giving them extra rest days, their body looks exactly the same. Exactly. And it's like, oh, great. So did you know that actually you could look exactly the same and do less, feel more rested and do less. You can have an extra an extra three hours of your life back a week. Uh, you don't have to get up early on those two days of a week that you thought you did. Um, how, how does that feel? Oh, bloody hell, that's brilliant. Why have I been doing that then? Yeah, because <laughs> you don't know. And, and the, 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 the instance that me and my friend were talking about were, were some like, younger people in like their early 20s and that's not me being judgmental at all because I did that in my early 20s I didn't know any better everyone does that in their early 20s so I didn't know any better but I do know better now and my clients know better and like Sasha's clients sometimes you 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 fall into that old mindset and there's no wonder because you see people are still doing this yeah and they look a certain way but it's there's that saying isn't it it's like not because of what somebody does it's in spite of what they do that they maybe look that way it's like that double those doubling up of sessions or those ridiculous um the intensity that they're training at you don't know how they're feeling with that yeah would you like to go on holiday and look maybe like uh, your friend uh, your friend your client said a little bit tidier or whatever her words were but still feel good yeah, absolutely. Would you like to go on holiday, look a little bit tidier, feel like crap, eat your first meal on holiday, your stomach bloats, you probably yeah. get the shits, all this <laughs> type stuff. Jess, no, you said I like that. I know, I know. I'm really, I'm really evolving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're 100% right. Um, and like you said about, um, it's, it's what, we are hardwired to go to what we're familiar with we're hardwired so if we've always thought like that and we've always thought we go on holiday we need to lose weight blah, 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 we're always going to do that you're hardwired to go to what's familiar so like we said about beliefs unless you question it ain't changing mm. 
Um, I just wanted to uh, read this out as well because it's good. So, Jess, I'm going to take you back to being a kid. Okay, I'm going to close my right. eyes. You close your eyes. So, it's a weekend. Mm. Um, you go to the local leisure centre, mm. right? Um, some friends are there. Maybe your mum sat waiting for you and you, you spend the afternoon swimming. Everyone's swimming around, splashing about in the pool. Hour and a half later, you get out the pool, you have a shower, you sit down in the like reception area. What do you feel? Knackered. Knackered and? Well, starving because it's, <laughs> it's sports, but it's sports all Saturday for one reason. Right. My childhood so, was sports all Saturday. So I was thinking about this the other day when I read this part of the book and I remember doing this right. And I remember thinking, I am going to eat the entire contents of that vending machine or I'm going to pass out and you'd get I'd get like a chocolate bite you know the little soup machine with the little brown cup yeah. and I'd get like soup because I want salt Bovril. <laughs> so I, want, I want I you want, I wanted salt but then I wanted sweet and then I wanted salt again and then I'd finish off with like a cold fizzy sugary drink or something I was like I think there's a certain type <sighs> of people who can do that and I am not one of those people mm. savory then I'm sweet that's it end of game well, I needed round one too. You're mad. Um, yeah, so, and then I was reading it and I thought, that's really interesting. So I even said to Dan last night, I said, listen to the, uh, where is it? Sorry. Haha. <laughs> so, so this book, uh, just to quickly go over it, it's, uh, it's called Burn. It's the misunderstood science of metabolism. So he basically, for the last decade or whatever, has studied energy expenditure. That's it. Um, on animals, humans, um, loads of just everything and it's super interesting and he's obviously written a book about his findings is, so it, really, isn't really it funny that how many pages are in that book for 400 so isn't it funny that calories in calories out seems almost oversimplified when there's a 400 page <laughs> book in front of you for someone who's actually researched it that's funny isn't it <laughs> um so he's talking about um costs exercise costs so what uh by, by the way, guys, don't take this for gospel. Again, when I'm reading out a number, I don't mean this is exactly right. Even he said, look, this is the average what we found. So mm-hmm. walking walking cost, so calories per mile is 0.36 times your weight in pounds. Not, so just have that number in your head, 0.36. That's walking. Running is 0.69 times weight in pounds. So double, essentially, which makes sense think about walking think about running mm-hmm. swimming your swimming cost k okay, calories uh, calories per mile 1.98 swimming is is knackering this is nearly so he's written this is nearly three times the cost of running by comparison riding a bicycle is much cheaper so he says cost obviously money um and by uh cycling is well obviously he's thinking not strenuous like track cycling or whatever. what was cycling so cycling is 0.11 so it's the least okay. of all of them because obviously it's the very low impact Tra- cycling, low, it's yeah. in a, a track as well yeah we're talking low impact here we're talking about jogging walking doing some yeah. lengths not like fucking athlete sprinting um and then climbing this is so when he writes about climbing i'm not sure does he mean like i i'm gonna go with what like scrambling Walking up a hill, climbing up a wall, like getting right. somewhere low to high. Um, 
he's put calories, but let's not let's not go into that because it's too complicated. Let's just stick with this for now. Um, so if swimming burns almost five times more calories than walking, what would be the best for fat loss? Da, 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 da. Most people would say swimming, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're going to burn a load more. Why are bodybuilders not doing swimming? Then? Yeah. Have you ever heard of Michael Phelps' 12,000 calorie diet? Yeah, that's because swimming burns so much energy mm-hmm. at such low impact that there is no way on God's earth you would be able to not eat back those calories. Hence 100%. Michael Phelps. So when we're talking so, about calories burned during exercise, it's not about thinking what burns the most to lose the most weight. It's about what burns, not even what burns. It's about what's going to affect my appetite the most because we know that we know that food is the most important. And even on the back, um, what does it say? <laughs> oh, I thought there was a quote. But it's interesting what you say about the swimming thing because um, I don't know if anyone remembers a couple of years ago. Ross Edgeley did the 2000 mile swim around Great Britain. It was maybe glad you remembered that because I wouldn't have remembered that. Yeah, it was like maybe like 2018 or so. And I remember him saying, I've just looked it up, he had 15,000 calories per day in order to fuel him. And he did swim for a significant amount. I mean, let me see how many hours a day he swam. Um, He did it over a year, right? um, He swam between six and 12 hours a day. And he set off on the 1st of June. Okay. And it was 157 days. Oh my God. And he gained how much weight in that, in that time? Uh, Let's have a look. He was, he was, did you see the photos of him? He was like, he was almost like an upside down triangle, wasn't he? His legs had just shrunk. He had to like basically learn to walk again. He was saying, because obviously all the walking that he did was on the boat, which wasn't significant distance. Yeah. And he was just so strong in his upper body. Yeah. Um, weight gain, 2018 swim. Let's have a look. Um, I know I know what it is, but I'll just... In five months, Edgerly put on eight kilos to weigh 100 right. kilos, gaining muscle in his shoulders, losing it in his leg and developing a seal-like bulk, which is right. like... How, inter- how interesting is that, right? He's doing the most exercise, burning more energy than any, any one of us will ever do, right? Eating... Mm that many calories right which is by the way it's obscene it you would yeah. vomit and he gained eight kilos mm-hmm. this is why when people say oh well, you need to burn this off or I've done this it is it's a hamster wheel you're, you're running and you're running and you're running and you're going nowhere which is why it's so important I know we talk about it a lot but it's so important to remove those two things from each other mm-hmm. because it's not going to get you anywhere ever um, I've had clients that have trained for long distance running events, gained weight. Oh, I've gained weight. Why do you think? Because you need to be able to do that. You need to eat to perform. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're not dieting. It's almost like sometimes we get into that mindset that we can diet our way out of anything. Oh, I've got this yeah. event. Oh, I've got this event. Oh, I'll just diet. Oh, I've got this wedding. Oh, I'll just diet my way out of it. You know, it's like it, your body is way smarter than you. Way yeah. smarter. And it's not, if, if you are in a severe energy deficit, your appetite, your leptin and ghrelin, my God, it's going to make you eat. Yeah. And I tell I you what, that. it's really hard to not, to not when you're, when you're really hungry, all you think about is food. You know why? Because 
you are hardwired to do that and you can't mm-hmm. gape it. Yeah. I I had this conversation with a client just the other day in regards to she started with me this week. She uh, didn't have chance to make breakfast this week on one of the days that she was at work. So then she'd not eaten anything from tea time on the day previous yeah, to lunchtime on that day. But then oh. she was trying to be more health conscious because she was like, I started a new program like with yeah. Jess, like I want yeah. to look after my health. So then she ordered something really small for lunch, yeah. which was maybe like 250 calories. It was yeah. so tiny. And then got to the end of the day and um, had a normal evening meal, had a couple of drinks because it was like a social event that she already yeah. had in the diary. Yeah. Ended up overdoing it, over drinking and eating on the evening. And, and I said, what would you have done differently? And she was like, oh, that, well, I would have eaten anyway. I always need to eat after I've had a drink because if I feel a bit sick. I'm like, that's okay. Yeah. That's, that's fine. Whatever. But what would you have done differently? What do you think led you to that point? Yeah. Because this is what, so like Sasha just said, our body is smarter. Imagine if you think you're smarter than your body, give your body, give your, <laughs> um, give yourself some alcohol where you, you get a little bit dumb. Yeah. Bit, let's be honest, where you yeah. lose a little bit of your consciousness. Yeah. Your body will go, ha, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you and be like, if you think you can outsmart me yeah. and you're not paying attention right now, because you've had a couple of drinks, I'm going to show you that this is what I actually need, which is to overeat, overindulge, go past the point of maybe normal fullness because you've restricted it and see this pattern so frequently with people. Honestly, so much. So All frequently. The time. Yeah, you're right. And also, don't you think it's interesting that this is this is a little thing just to add to Jess's uh, story there. Isn't it interesting that when we start a new program or like say, right, I'm going to look after myself. The first thing we do is look for low calorie foods. Yeah, I said this. I had this exact oh, yeah, conversation. I think that's I was really say, interesting. I, was, and we, I had that conversation with that same client about quantity, the quality, which is mm-hmm. what do you think's what do you think's better? I've also had that conversation recently with another client, which was around calories on menus. And she said she made a choice when she went out for a meal based mm-hmm. on the calories mm-hmm. rather than the quantity, rather than the quality of yeah. the food. Yeah. She went, she went for the burger because it was less calories than yeah. the salad. Yeah. What, Even what world it, are we living in? I that's, know. The, that's, that's the problem I think with the calorie and the menu thing is it, it's help. It's not helping people make informed choices about, the actual quality of nutrients like if you were to say you imagine if you remove the calories and underneath it there was a short almost like a book review of the meal <laughs> a short little like review which said uh full of fiber probably going to keep you going till your evening meal um loads of uh, good micronutrients in here mm-hmm. great for if someone was like yeah. great for skin hair and nails yeah. <laughs> and um, they would be like the variety of the, the how many variety of fruit and veg you have yeah. in there plant yeah this is going to do wonders for your gut health you'd go oh. oh buzzing oh that burger says that although slab um, of processed meat that we got out of the freezer no but if, if it said something like um may fill you up for a shorter time like you can imagine if it had like ratings like you know yeah. like the, the traffic like satiety system. yeah oh that'd be satiety. great for satiety but then again this is the challenge guys is we are all different certain foods yeah. fill us up differently yeah yeah this is, again generic generic advice that certain things fill that person up longer whatever so this is why you need to make informed choices based on your body and not just on a number or not just on Mm. blanket statements but I guess going back to the the calories burned thing Mm. 
this is exactly why we should be separating the two. You can already see just from how this chat has deviated where we've come to. Yeah, which leads us on to part two, which is another mistake that the fitness industry have made is assigning moral value to food. Mm. And this is something that I've been diving into probably since I got back from the desert, so two years, because I was so focused on calories and fat, protein, macros, whatever, that I, my diet was fine. I'm not going to say it was bad. Exactly. See what I just said there? Bad. (laughs) See, even I, even I say it sometimes, right? Mm. There are more nutrient, not nutrient dense foods. And then there are less nutrient dense, nutrient light. I tried to say that instead of good and bad, because it doesn't, something being nutrient light doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's less nutrients. That's it. It's just fact, factual. Um, but there are certain, because the fitness in, industry have drilled calories into your head so much, it's really hard to get away from it. Like, um, just cause I've just been to Greece, whatever. I'll just use a Greek salad as an example. I remember there was a Greek restaurant on, in Covent Garden in London. And this was when me and my mum were more into like the calorie stuff and we were shopping and then we went into the Greek, what was it called? It was on anyway it was a greek chain right and i was looking at the menu and the calories were on it just like pizza express i think the calories have always been on it like this was years ago so like seven years ago way before that this calorie menu thing came up the greek salad was the highest calorie thing on the whole menu so there was uh gyros um kebabs uh, uh moussaka um loads of dips and breads and whatever greek salad was the highest thing so obviously at the time I didn't get it. I'm not getting that. Oh my God, it's a thousand whatever calories. Why is it? Let's look at why. Because in Greek food, olive oil is one of the things you eat a lot of and they mm. put a whole block of feta on it. And <laughs> olives. And olives. So it's not just crumbled feta like we tend to do in the UK. It's like you, even in when we were there, we ordered a Greek salad and Dan was like, I, I, I bet when we get it, it's a whole slab of uh, feta. It was. Right. It's also quite big. So the veg, probably very little. Tomatoes, cucumber, onion, peppers, probably not that many. Olives, very good for you. Loads of calories. Olive oil, probably one of the most nutrient-dense foods in the world. Loads of calories. Cheese, great for you. Good for gut health. Protein, fat, um, loads of calories. Mm. (laughs) So it's like that's when people would look at the calories more because we associate high calories with da, 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 being, bad. Yep. being bad and, and yeah. I hate to say it but getting fat yeah that's and saying that's that's why the the fat free era of like the 80s and 90s oh, yeah. became so popular where all foods had fat removed from them to reduce the calorie content mm-hmm. but then all everyone thought well that's because it's better for you whereas there's quite a lot of things in life where by taking that out of it, you're taking out a lot of the essential nutrients. And guess mm-hmm. what they do when they take out the fat for stuff? They put actually quite a lot of other additives in to make it to taste make it a bit taste better. Yeah, yeah, like all your fat-free yogurt. I, the only one I think is a bit different is I, I get that total thaya yogurt thaya. with the 0%. Because yeah. I actually think it does taste nicer. So it's funny you say that, which is, again, which is individual. So yeah. I used to have the, I think it's pronounced Faye. I know I, we just say phage. <laughs> I think it is Faye. I think on the side it says, yeah, yeah. yeah. F-A, yeah, yeah. So yeah. in Greece, 
obviously it's Greek. I'm not just saying, oh, I've just been to Greece, but it's Greek yogurt. So um, they have the 5%, the blue one, right? Mm. I used to have the 0% one all the time. It's really high in protein. There's no fat in it. Again, because less calories, very actually small calorie um, difference between the 5% and the, I actually Mm. think it's about 30, 30 to 50, which is nothing. I only have the blue one. So I have the blue one in my uh, fridge because to me, the 0% one tastes sour. Yeah, I know it might not like that taste. Yes, exactly right. Strange, isn't it? So this is where it's just personal choice. And I know that Jess probably gets the 0% one because she prefers the taste of it. I mm. prefer it. So it's not, we're not assigning moral value in the 5% one because it's fucking trivial. It's, it's literally yeah. like, it, it, it doesn't matter. But it's a taste thing. But I think if you're going through something like that, you need to say to yourself, am I, do I prefer it? Because I used to say when I was younger, oh my God, I'm sure everyone's got this, Jess, you've definitely got one. Something that you used to say that you didn't like because it was bad. Mine was butter. I didn't, yeah, I went through a phase of not having butter on bread. Although now, even now, I half and half, I have to decide what day I want butter and what day I don't. And I don't know if that's a deeply rooted thing from Maybe. being so into fitness or just the certain foods where I'm like, nah, I don't want it on it today. Yeah. Yeah, well, I get that. And I get that. Because I'll put a sauce, like, uh, like I'll put sauce yeah. in instead. And sometimes you do want double, you want, you want double butter and sauce, <laughs> but then sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just want good old ketchup. Exactly. So I, I love butter. Like I like it. Me and uh, one of my best friends, Frankie, we always say that we like it when you can see the tooth marks in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, on a, like on a good scone. Yeah, literally. Like I want to see them tooth marks. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But her and I, when we were younger, used to say that we didn't like butter because I tell you what, when someone's making you something and you say you don't like butter, they won't put it on. Mm. But if you say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to have uh butter at the minute they'll probably be like oh shut up will you but if you say oh my god I can't stand butter get it away from me um then they'll probably just be like oh I'm not going to put it on because she hates butter right I fucking love butter I never didn't like it I've always loved it it's delicious but because it oh it's fucking it's butter it's spreadable fat so I think I think a good question here though is say for those people who say let's go back to your client who's tidying up for holiday right yeah for those people who do want to reduce the calories and make those sustainable swaps that they don't mind because they don't see it as a big change maybe they currently buy the five percent greek yogurt and Mm -hmm. buying the zero percent i know you said it doesn't really matter too much Mm -hmm. in regards to how many calories there but say that's like enough for them to make a significant change I think it's our responsibility as well. And I've had this discussion with a few clients is like not to make those judgments because actually that might be the easy thing for them yeah, to yeah. do rather than revolutionizing their yeah. whole meal. Yeah. So for them to go, oh, no butter yeah. or um, that was such like a butter, butter. Uh, no butter. Um, maybe I know we, we've taken a bit of a joke about it before, but I still have some in my cupboard, the fry light oil oh, or yeah, whatever yeah. it might be. Say if that is a point of your life where you want to do it, but I guess what we're just trying to highlight is you don't need to live in that mindset forever. And also remember that a lot of the times when things are stripped down in calories, not all the time, but the nutrients are compromised because of that. So building our awareness of that is really important so that you can make those 
judgments yourself yeah. instead of just going like, like the worst one is probably saying something like oh do you know what I'm not going to have a large banana if it's 150 calories but instead I'm going to have this fiber one uh, bar which is <laughs> 70 90, calories yeah yeah which is 70 calories because, and it's still sweet and it because it's less calories than the banana and it's like well that's probably where you want to have that discussion with yourself because what do you think is going to fill you up for longer if you're trying to diet a banana or something that's overly processed a piece I of air which I used to buy them and they are just I feel like they got worse over the years as well also, don't eat more than one in a day why they're bad they're that bad oh my god yeah oh, really you'll be on the loo yeah so, <laughs> yeah but I was when obviously when I used to eat them a lot it was because I was constantly wanting sugar so I'd have that because I thought it was a better option when in fact it just put me on the loo. Um, yeah, Jess is right. So also you have to keep in, um, this isn't a six week challenge for this client. You have to remember mm-hmm. that. I've been training her for years. This is, a, yeah. this is a tiny little phase. And then once it's done, it's done. So she understands that if she's swapping, I mean, the yogurt is so trivial. It's not even worth talking about, but like um, less oil and less butter is obvious. Mm-hmm. because it's very easy because it's fat you know it's nine calories per gram so it's very easy to reduce calories in that way um but afterwards I want her to go back to having it because one she doesn't need to lose this well no one does but she personally knows that deep down she's fine as she is she just has made the decision to tidy things up um I don't want her I don't want her to live like that yeah that's and that's what I think that's what I wanted to get to that point is yeah those swaps are fine if you have a specific goal, but don't make the mistake of feeling like you le- need to live your life that way the all diet. the time. And I think women are definitely more susceptible to yeah. this, which is less, 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 yeah. less calories, less. Yeah. And we live. And, and then that's when Sasha and I start working with a client and we'll speak to them and they'll say, yeah, I have 1,300 calories a day. And you think, why? Yeah. Why? And then and, and quite a large proportion of the time, they're not because they're doing exactly what I spoke about with my client, which is they do that for four or five days a week and then their body rebels and then they go against it. Yeah. So then they over, they, they basically just go back to maintenance in regards to what they've eaten because that they, their body's just rebelled against that, that number so much. Which so well, trying to get out of this mindset where it's like less, 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 less. And instead it's like, okay, more nutrients, more well-being, more health, more satiating rather than always trying to bring things out of your life which is just depressing as well isn't it yeah and you know what obviously going back to good or bad food as well like nutrient dense food like me and Dan pretty much send each other what we're eating all the time if we're not together like not in a just in a I don't know he'll say like what's what's the life in a a food diary sort of way (laughs) (laughs) meal meal one Meal one. So the other day, I um, I'm also doing this thing at the minute, which I think is is I'm really kind of enjoying it as well. It's like I'm not buying any more food until I've eaten the food, as in I'm trying to be inventive and be like, right, I've got I've got this, this, and this. What can I make? And you know, what? I always make something. That's um, why you had baby poo for tea. Yeah, that's why I had baby poo because I looked in the fridge and I was like, right, I've got this really nice pasta that I got from M&S Rigatoni, my favorite shape. And then I thought, but what have I got to go with it? I don't have any. And I thought, right, I've got cabbage, mushrooms, peppers, onions, garlic, some passata um, and some feta. I was like, 
there's a sauce right there and it looked like baby poo but it was delicious um but I sent him a picture of my lunch that day and you know what I was the first thing I thought was how many different plants have I got in that meal I was literally counting and I counted six and I was like I'm actually really happy with six Mm. and how much better is that than looking at being like oh um it's bad Mm. bad for you this oh I'm being bad oh there's so many calories I don't know how many calories in it I, I, I don't know I had roast mini roast potatoes there's one um loads of veg and scramb- scrambled eggs um and then a, a golden kiwi which are fucking amazing at this this time of year um, it did I'm not gonna lie it did look almost like a Vietnamese breakfast oh my god I that's you know what hey they live a long time over <laughs> it did though it, like you know it's like random you get it and you and you look yeah. at it like when I went traveling you look at it and you're like what the hell is this? And then you eat it and you're pleasantly surprised. Absolutely. But then look at um look at the Japanese. They're mm. in one of the they're in one of the blue zones, right? Where they live the longest and have the least uh, diseases. I just and don't I, think we're we're very experimental, are we, with th- things sometimes with Absolutely. Our, and I don't think we are. Mm. However, that doesn't mean that you can't be. No. This, this breakfast we made up breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? We made that up. So when people say social oh, construct. The social contract, but meal times are made up. Breakfast food is made up. Lunch food is made up, and dinner food is made up. Have yeah. whatever, have whatever you want. I, it's so strange, isn't it? Because my friend Tanya, she's the same. She'll have full on lunch meals yeah. for breakfast all the time. And I, again, don't know whether it's a psychological thing, mm-hmm. but for me, in the morning, I like to have breakfast things. Yeah, I just do. But that's because it's my favorite meal of the day. So if someone said yeah. to me. You're having lunch things for breakfast. I'd be like, but I don't want that for breakfast. Also, you probably just like breakfast food. So if if, if Matt said, Jess, for dinner tonight, we're going to have breakfast food, you wouldn't be like, no. You might be like, yeah. Yeah. You just it's like, funny. it's just the foods that you like. And I love breakfast food as well, but that's a tradition that we, we're so, it's just like full English. Um, porridge, oats, granola, yogurt, fruit. It's in our it's in our heads, just like in Italy. It's like coffee pastry. That's but yeah, wherever you go, it's different. Yeah, it's different. So yeah, absolutely. Like uh, my housemates have congee sometimes, which is like Chinese savory porridge. And to us, it would be like what? But that's like yeah. And you know what? The break the quote unquote breakfast food from the blue zones and the countries that live the longest. It's just a meal, and it's got fiber it's got protein it's got carbohydrates it's got green stuff in it and you know why probably because it keeps them full and they don't eat a kit kat at 10 a.m yeah you know and and so like obviously when you go to obviously you've been to vietnam you loved it or when you've been to other countries Mm. it's like uh dan did the um the guidebook in nepal Mm. and they have dal and rice for breakfast if you gave my man in nepal um some cornflakes he'd literally be like what the fuck is yeah that? how is that supposed to fill me up yeah it doesn't. My, my friend's just under um she just did Everest Base Camp and Amazing. the breakfast she just she also said though meat is quite hard to come by in yeah. Nepal so That's everything's right. veggie but it has to be really satiating mm-hmm. because they spend so much of their days like hiking or yeah. climbing or traveling from village to village yeah. so it has to be yeah, filling. and what's, um, what's satiating and what's filling? I tell you what is satiating and filling: lentils and rice and veg mm. and spices and a, bo- a fucking bowl of it as well. Yeah, although she did say, again, different 
different cultures, everything. She said everything's quite fried over there because that's just their preferred method of cooking. Mm -hmm. So she said she was actually really excited to come back and have have fresh, yeah, just to have fresh stuff because she said that was that was not something that she had for like the two weeks she was there. Absolutely, and it's like, and I think that well, obviously everyone could do what they want, but when I go to other countries, I like to try and eat the food. Mm, Definitely, yeah. Never, I never get, I never get it when. It still baffles me that if you go to a Chinese restaurant and there's an English portion of the menu, I'm like, no. Why are you there? Go home. Yeah, go somewhere else. Yeah. And or like when you go to any holiday and there's always like an English cafe or an Irish pub and you see like families having like full English in like France and I'm like, you're in France. Or like anywhere in the world. Um, But then again, obviously some places are... um, like some people like if you go to Italy and you have a breakfast it's like a cigarette a, an espresso and a croissant <laughs> not everyone necessarily wants wants to eat that and I get that but I do think that we have so many beliefs around beliefs around food good bad breakfast food lunch food dinner food pudding snacks when to eat this it's so ingrained in us that we we never question it yeah it's like well, it's with- sorry carry on no, I was just going to say it is worth always questioning it. Oh. How many how many clients have you had where they say, oh, "Yeah, I just need to cut down on my snacking, or I need to whatever," and I'm then you a say, snacker. "Yeah," and you say, "What's wrong with that?" Wrong. Oh, um, I actually don't know. You know, no, they don't know because it's the picked up from somewhere that you shouldn't be snacking. Yeah. Whereas absolutely. for me, if I'm not eating between twelve and seven or half seven at night, I need something in the middle of those hours. Absolutely, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, no, you're hundred percent right, and it's um. Yeah, it's just all these beliefs that we are so ingrained to think that that's how it's supposed to be. And you never question it because it's what your mates do, it's what your family do, it's what you've always done. It's like, let's just say, I don't, I don't even know if this, in the, this is the case, but let's just say in um, some parts of Scandinavia, right, they have breakfast at 11 a.m. Let's just say that. They're not calling it intermittent fasting. Yeah, they're just okay. saying they're just saying having breakfast at eleven. We just like to call it something. We like to. It's the same. It's the same with brunch, isn't it? We we've made brunch popular in the last yeah. ten years. It is all just an early lunch, like depending on what way angle you come in at it from. But we we've made brunch a thing, which yeah. again is actually one of my favorite hobbies. To be yeah, perfect. and you know why brunch is a very uh, well, I think it's a very British thing because we go out for it. Yeah. It's more of a, well, you don't want to go out for breakfast sometimes, it's a bit early, and you don't want to wait for lunch, so you go out and you have, I don't know, avocado, whatever, eggs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, maybe a, a mimosa or something, and it's like, you know, we bottomless brunch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's just, that's a whole other ball game, isn't it? Terrible. How um, smashed can you get in two hours? Literally. So it's like, you have to look at our environment, and yeah. this is why in our job, nutrition prescriptions probably the most individual of all Mm -hmm. because like let's just say I had um a a client and they were Indian right but I was still stuck in my beliefs of calories 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 I'd be like well you can't have that you can't have that and they'd be like oh I've I've always eaten a a dal with the the the, the hot oil that they pour on top you can't have that oh but we literally have it all the time it's like a family tradition you can't yeah but it oils too many calories oh um oh and you have lamb yeah oh lamb's really fatty yeah you shouldn't have that oh but um 
we always have lamb on a Sunday. It's like, oh, you can't have that. It's too, it's fatty meat. You need mm-hmm. to lose weight, you know, having that. It's like, you have to take in people's culture, environment, life experience, what they like, what they don't like, mm-hmm. the fact that uh, whether they actually understand energy or not, um, rather than just being like, right, so meal one, <laughs> meal one is going to be <laughs> egg white omelette with a, and you think, well, no wonder people don't stick to it. Yeah. You're giving someone something they've never even seen before. It'd be like giving yeah. you congee. Yeah. Be like, what the fuck is that? I don't even know how to maybe, make it. Maybe I would like it, but who knows? I quite <laughs> yeah. like my Greek. I quite like my Greek yogurt, my berries with a bit of granola. Yeah. That's my, that's my summer brekkie through and through. Yeah. My summer brekkie. I have a croissant on the side, but mm. that is my summer brekkie as well. And, um, yeah it's just like you have to take into to take into account what these what people know and you can't just change you can't go from zero to 100 yeah you, know, you have to look at what let's let's make this the best for this person you know or maybe this person who's having you know the roast lamb and the dal with the hot oil in it, which is fucking delicious by the way um let's just say i don't know they might be having lots of uh, crisp and chocolate snacks it's much better to to have a look into that rather than the foods that they've eaten with their family their whole life yeah and for a lot of people as well it's building up because anyone can do this anyone can make those changes if you're wanting to improve your diet but what it does require is that awareness and education around those foods like like you said oh well actually like we're talking about this now because we know Mm-hmm. oils are really high in calories or oh, lamb's a little bit more of a fatty yeah. meat oh, we know these things because we've been doing it for so long but mm-hmm. for somebody who's just starting out that's why they might need that guidance but what they don't need is someone to try and like revolutionize everything about the way that they eat because the likelihood of them sticking to it for anything longer than a couple of weeks or months is very very slim very because very it's slim. Because you're going, you're you're trying to change everything that they've ever known about food or nutrition that they've eaten three meals a day for their entire life up this yep. point with a simple meal plan. Oh God, tragic. Makes no sense. So again, you've got to meet, and this is why it's it's slow, it's progressive. But when somebody says, "Oh, can you just give me this? Can you just give me a can you just give me a target? Can you just give me this?" It's right. always worth saying. I had a client say this to me the other day, and I said. Do you think where you are right now in your journey with your food, me giving you a blanket number would be helpful? And she said, no, but she just asked me for it. And I said, why why do you think that? And she said, because I thought like I needed that guidance. And I said, but I think right now, what we need to do is build your awareness around the foods that you're already eating and how they're impacting the way that you feel. Because you don't currently know that. And she was like, ah, I see. I was like, cool yeah and everything is it's again what we said at the beginning awareness raise your awareness increase your intention Mm -hmm. update your intention yeah exactly and you also have to think that jess's client asked for the the meal meal plan or number just a just a target number asked for the number and then said she didn't need it in one cent in one conversation Uh because we think that a number is guidance it's not but I would say this to people because um, so I've done a qualification or I'm doing, sorry, through Precision Nutrition. Mm-hmm. And they talk about obviously calorie uh, numbers can be helpful as part of the bigger picture. Yeah. So, for example, 
portion control they're massive on hand on the hand uh, portion guide which, right which I like because old which, school but it makes sense yeah but it is it, it does but with that it supports like if you said someone for, for like myself um it, it's based it, you it's using your hand for those that yeah. don't know it's using your hand to guide the portion sizes of your food so it's a palm size of, of protein mm-hmm. a thumb portion of fat a fistful of carb, a cup, a cup full of carbohydrates, like a cupped hand, and a fistful of veggies. That's how they structure it. So for myself, that would be maybe one to two palm-sized portion sizes of protein per meal. Right. Some some meals I might have one. Some meals I might have two. Maybe the evening meal will be a bit bigger, so I might have yeah. two with that one. Or maybe that will be separate with snacks throughout the day or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So I know instantly that that is a good guidance point for me. Now when I talk to clients and they talk about numbers and guidance, I I talk about the numbers, but I use this as a bigger reference point which I'm like, yeah, yes, that palm size might be 20 or 30 grams of protein, but I want you to try and come away from the numbers and more just by feel of looking at your plate and actually associating rather than this 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 number that you're just using um which I'm trying to think of maybe a good a good analogy which is maybe when you're like driving a car the speedometer might be that number might be helpful but nothing feels better than when you're actually driving a car and you if you know you're driving safely if you're driving erratically all over the road doesn't matter what speed you're going no which is exactly the same with nutrition right you could have a a 1500,000 calorie target but if you're only ever eating fiber one bars you're driving erratically over the road (laughs) So we need to build up the awareness of, are you driving safe? Are you driving right? Are you aware of what you're doing with your nutrition, with you being in that vehicle? Because that's what's going to help move you forward into such a better better light. Exactly. But obviously not necessarily with our clients because we kind of make that, uh, we kind of say that at the beginning. But if you're listening and you've like hired a coach and they've said something like that to you and you're like, oh, mm-mm. some people, that's work. Mm. and we always say obviously coaching is collaboration like if I'm putting in the time you need to put in the time as well like a lot of people think oh yeah but you know I want to lose I want to lose that weight now and I don't I don't want to think about this and I don't want to think about that and that's when it's like do you want something now do you want it just do you want it quick and easy and like whatever now or do you want this for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and actually taking the time to be like hold on I've always done this. I've always searched for this calorie number. I've used every calculator on the internet. I've had three coaches. Um, I've had I've had a client who has paid uh, an Instagram person, this was years ago, just for an email with a macro target on, like 30 quid or something. Gen- genuinely such a scam. Such a scam. She understands that now, obviously. That is the biggest... <laughs> no, that is literally fucking ridiculous. Mm. Um, you could literally get that information like that. So it's like... Yeah just remember that if you're hiring a coach and you're working on nutrition they give you a number straight away they have used a calculator yeah and I think that's it it's, I always say that to clients when, when if that does come up and some for some people it does where we do talk about the numbers yeah because it, it builds their awareness mm-hmm. whereas when I speak about it I'll say this is the science and when I yeah. say science I mean it's not actual 100% science oh. because there's so many variables and we go through those variables and the art yeah. is us unpicking your beliefs, your behaviors, yeah. why you do what you do, and yeah. the direction that we're going in going forward. Can you understand how just with just the science alone, this would be misguided? 
Yeah, I do. So this yeah. is why we need to dig into the art. And that's the collaboration bit that you said. Yeah, exactly. And we always use that, the science and the art. Like the science is that this is what we know. This is what um, it has been researched. Um, this is what is kind of like the general rule of stuff. But that means nothing. Mm. that is like we always say information alone is very unpersuasive like Kit Kat uh, I, oh, I don't want to always use Kit Kats maybe this is my favorite poor Kit Kats um, right chocolate right is nutrient light we mm. know that right we know it's got lots of calories in we know it's delicious I'm using chocolate as an example because most people say they like chocolate right mm -hmm. do you not eat it because of that no obviously so, but people still rely on information. I feel like I just need to know. It's like, you do know. You know that vegetables are good for you. You know that we need a certain amount of protein to be able to replenish, uh, you know, to muscle protein synthesis, whatever. You know that. So that's the science. You're, you, some people already know it. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a, like, uh, what was it, Simon? Obviously, I'm going on about this Simon um, Sinek thing, but he says, every single one of us knows what we do. We all know what we do because we yeah. do it. It's a golden um, circle. Yeah. Um, some of us know how we do it, but very few of us can clearly articulate why we do what we do. So the science mm -hmm. is chocolate is something that probably should be enjoyed in moderation, obviously. Mm -hmm. We all know that. How we do it, up to you. Some of us know how. Some of us wouldn't be able to answer that. I know that I have buttons in the freezer and I have a certain, I have a little bowl that I put them in and I have them in. That's how I do it. Why do I do it? I know why I do it, but there's lots of people out there who don't know why they keep doing what they're doing because they just haven't quite put the time in to take that time to understand because you know why the awareness of it is is uncomfortable and a bit horrible sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, too uncomfortable. The awareness is too uncomfortable for some people, so they'd rather just ignorance is bliss, whatever, I'll just do whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that is the truth that will set you free, set free, but will first pissed you off. you off. And just because we, um, this wasn't, it might have been a topic, but I think it would just be a nice thing to end on. Um, what we're doing now is, I'll read the quote after, but we're trying to get people to think for themselves. And as coaches, it's not necessarily our job to instruct. Do, oh, you want to do this? Okay, just do this, this and this in a bit. Peace. Yeah. Um, and I'll read out the quote. Teaching is successful only as it causes people to think for themselves. What the teacher thinks matters little. What he makes the child think matters much. Replace that with client, mm -hmm. obviously. So we can, I, what, I, what I think doesn't really matter. Yeah. But if I can get the client to think in a way that, that, that makes sense to them and that is, is in their best interest, that's where the magic is. Well, I think, doesn't matter what I think. No, and that's why it's our job to like remove any biases because we need yeah. to guide guide a client to their own exactly own right understanding. Uh -huh. But that takes a long time. And if you are thinking of hiring a coach or you have one and and you're not really sure about it or you have one and you really like it or whatever, it's like the program. If if this is the kind of stuff you want to dive into, like your like we said at the beginning, you have a thought, you feel a certain way, and then you behave in a certain way because of the feeling and the thought. You have to take that time. Mm -hmm. And just ticking off workouts won't do anything. Yeah. If, if that's the goal. 
<sighs> yeah. Takes a lot, but it's worth fun. it in the end. Yeah. So thanks, guys. That was fun. Thanks, gang. Um, Sasha and I are going to oh, be yeah. on Instagram uh, tomorrow if We're you guys are interested. We're going to do a little IG live, um, almost like an Are We Still Here live, just a little short. I don't know, like 15, 20 minute jobby, but we're going to talk a little bit about heart rate tomorrow. So if you are free and you listen to this on a Wednesday, uh, we're going to go live on Thursday at seven on IG. Yeah. But um, so on if you don't follow account? us, make sure you uh, at S3LF UK or as my AirPods like to say when I'm wearing them in, S3L fuck. <laughs> Mine says good looking mofo. No, mine says, you know, when it's like, you have an uh, Instagram notification for S3L fuck. I'm like, (laughs) okay, thanks. So, yeah, Jess's account, S3LF UK, um, 7pm. We're going to talk about heart rate. So if you do cardio and you have a heart rate monitor and you're you're unsure about what the data means, you don't know what it means for you and your goals, we'll go into it. It will be brief. Obviously, it's quite hard to go into that. But yeah, we're going to get we're going to try and go into just keep it nice and Um, short and sweet. But we'll save it as well. Yeah. And even if you're not interested. Just maybe join. So there's people there. There will be. Don't worry. I know. It's just me. Because I've never done a live before. So it, it, I was saying this to Andreas, like it, it fills me with dread. Not because I don't want to do it, because I love the, I mean, I could talk about, I could talk about heart rate all day. I could go and do a mm. TED talk on heart rate. I'd love it. I'd be like, oh, this is interesting. But I just, I just like, it. I get like scared. Yeah. I don't know why. We need, we need to just keep it. Super, we'll just keep it short and sweet for all you guys. So yeah. join us tomorrow, 7 p.m. Thanks, guys. Perfect. We've got another call now, Jess. I'll see you in about 30 seconds. <laughs> see you in about 30 seconds. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye.